0: And you're going to be amazed by our guest today, but you know, you've tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore. And anything and everything you want to know about today's guest and you want to know a lot, you're just going to go to my website, www.barryshore.com. You don't have to write anything down to remember anything because there's so much going to be coming at you because she is just filled to overflowing with goodness. But just lean in, let it flow over you, and you will experience it all. Just by going to www.barryshore.com. B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E. And you've tuned in today to the joy of living for one reason and one reason only. And it's the best reason possible because you care the most in the entire world about you. Y-O-U. And that's great because when you're the best you, you make the world a better place. You build bridges of harmony, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love in the world. And you know that by tuning into this show, the joy of living, you will be healthier, healthier, and wealthier, and we guarantee it. Now, in this show, we discuss the three fundamentals of life. Number one, life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, you can go MAD. Now, in this case, MAD is a great acronym that stands for make a difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference. And the third fundamental is to uncover the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms everyday words and terms. Simple example, WWW. Ask anybody what it stands for, and invariably, they'll tell you how to on the internet. And factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. WWW stands for, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da! What a wonderful world. <laughs> and what is a word, right? W-H-A-T-A. And of course, the tip of the hat and a big thank you to Louis Armstrong Sachmo Satchmo for enabling that song to go viral and touch not just tens or hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet. We never even hear the opening bars of that song. What do you do right away? You smile. Now, smile is one of the greatest acronyms you could ever learn, internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life. Because smile stands for seeing, miracles in life every day. Every day, seeing miracles. Now, I got to tell you, uh, before the pandemic, and thank God we're getting through it and Going to be okay, we're fine. Uh, before the pandemic, no, I was speaking to large groups. I spoke to a group of 5,000 people. And when I mentioned this idea of seeing miracles in life every day, in my particular story of recovering from being paraplegic, quadriplegic, uh, people tell, raise their hands, they're very sure, very sure. I've been out for hours already, I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, Are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? Can you walk? Can you talk? Do you have water, drink, food, tea, f- place to sleep, family, friends? Every single one of those is a miracle. What's the simple proof? Simple proof. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You did. And (laughs) if you did, it means you're alive. If you're alive, you have the obligation to live exuberantly. Now, we thank everybody for being here. Right now, there are about 361,713 people around the world watching. Usually, we have about 320, 330,000 people every show, and you're always bringing your friends, and we say thank you for that. We're humbled and honored. And the important thing is that you want to share this show, the joy of living, especially today, with at least five people so that we can touch a million and a half plus people around the world. And those of you who are new to the show, thank you for being here again, the regulars, but you know the story of Barry Shore. Imagine being in the morning, able to leave tall buildings in a single bottle, and hale and hearty, and that evening in the hospital completely, totally paralyzed from the neck down. And it was not an automobile accident, not a spinal injury. A rare disease took over my body in a matter of hours, quadriplegic, and I was like that for years. I was 144 days in the hospital, I was in a hospital bed in my old home for two years. I couldn't turn over by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. See my hands? Thank God I have them. don't look like yours, but I have hands. And I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be walking vertical ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand made for me by a Zen master. But I still can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk up a curb by myself. And I have helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But you hear my voice, positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Why? Because I've learned to see miracles in life every day. Now, I'm going to tell you a quick story. My eight-year-old niece comes over to me uh, a few weeks ago and says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we still smile, S-M-I-E-L? And I thought about it. Smile, smile. Why not? I asked her, how come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. That comes directly from Psalms. But what was she doing? She was creating the kind of world she wants to live in. Creating stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. We have, thank God, a brain that has. 100 billion brain cells and 150 trillion synapses connecting them all. They're more than there than just decide what kind of latte you want this morning. The ability to use words to make a difference. So I wanted to just share with you before we bring on our amazing guest, uh, I use a lot of four-letter words. You're going to hear them throughout the show. I even use the four-letter F-U word. I do it because it's fun and a shock value. But the four-letter words that we use, because we live in the world of positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, are love, Life, hope, grow, free, gift, pray, play—they're all four-letter words. And the four-letter F-U word is fun. F-U, capital N, capital N. But Barry Shore people say that fun is only spelled with three letters. Not in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, when you see your family and friends, you're going to point your finger. Remember, you have a twinkle in your eye and a smiling. If I say F-U, everybody. Remember to add right away capital N, capital N. And I say, where'd you get that? So I listen to Barry Shore at the joy of living. He says, I want to teach the world to say F you. Now, having a lot of fun is wonderful, but I'm going to talk to you about another four-letter word. It's called kind. Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, "Be kind whenever possible." And it's always possible, he says. KIND stands for Keep Inspiring Noble Deeds. And I can't think of somebody that I'd rather have on that inspires noble deeds than the amazing, wonderful, fabulous Sam Sorbo. Sam, would you please say hello to
1: 365,000 people around the world? Barry, 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 your exuberance is infectious. Oh, that's the kind of pandemic we want, right, that's Sam? Right.
0: I <laughs> went touching you, kids. Okay. Well, everybody, um if you've never heard of Sam Sorbo, that means you're hiding under a rock. Uh, but you want to come out now because I'm just going to tell you very briefly because we want to hear from her so we don't have to do the whole CV because I'm taking the rest of the show. This is a woman who is a wife. She's a mother. She's an actress. She's an author. She's a podcast host. She's a an educator, we're going to touch on almost all of those different pieces, because as David Webb says, who I'm a big fan of, and I like him a lot, he says, she brings a heavy message with as a light hearted emissary. How's that one, Sam? I mean, that is so cool. And we're just going to jump right in, because what Sam Sorbo does, I mentioned she's all these things, actress, wife, mom, but she's fed up. She's fed up with the way America is, because we're going on a dark path. I'm saying that, you don't say that, Sam. And I wanna tell everybody, because you know that I love words, and I made up, I told Sam, I made up an acronym for her name, which stands for Slaying American Madness. Our country, in my humble opinion, is on the verge of madness. So I'd like you to speak to that right away and just talk to us about what Words for Warriors is, what's it about, and what we can do to make our country more filled with joy, happiness, peace, and light.
1: Well, you know, joy is found in truth, right? And it's the lie that destroys the joy. Uh, and my book, Words for Warriors, is really about that. It's about the distinction between the truth and the lie. And um, I wrote it because I realized that the left has taken the word fascism and redefined it and to, to mean something right-wing. And I was frankly offended by that, (laughs) because it's an offense to lie. Mm -hmm. It's an offense against the truth to tell a lie. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, there are other words that they've taken and changed the meaning of. Do you know they've changed the meaning of the word bigot? In fact, the Oxford Dictionary just revamped their definition of the word bigot. So if you Google the definition of the word bigot, you'll see that they define it basically as somebody who has an opinion about something. So in other words, if you prefer chicken to steak, you're a bigot. You're a bigot. (laughs) I'm a big OT. (laughs) Right? And so so the more I thought about it, I, I started writing down these words and I thought, oh my gosh, there's a book here and I need to write it. And I wrote the book with a very sarcastic tone. It's very lighthearted. I don't believe that, first of all, I know that we don't lose this battle, but I also know that we're called to fight the battle. And the reason is because if you get caught in a lie, that will sap your joy. And that's what we don't want, right? We want you to live in truth because the truth will set you free. And so I wrote this book. I wrote it a little tongue in cheek, a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of, but it's also a very serious book. It goes through many of the words. Some of them are just words that we've lost sight of that we we don't really understand what they mean. So I provide definitions for them. Um, gaslighting is one of those words that you know people throw throw about, and people might not know where it comes from and what it actually refers to. A, um, but we're being actually. gaslit every day. Yes. Uh, there's um, there's happy warriors is in there because we ought to be happy warriors which fits perfectly with your message, The Joy of Living Podcast. And so, um, so I just my, my goal with the book is to enlighten people and to galvanize them and empower them, right? They're words for warriors. We need more people out there warring for the truth. We need people standing up and saying, no, you're using that word incorrectly. Um, I call them liberal fascists. Uh, political correctness is not, it's not political and it's not correct. correct. It's liberal fascism, right? Yes. Um, Social justice is no justice because if it's justice, it's justice. And if it has to, if it needs a modifier, it's just wrong. It's a lie. Um, And then the the other thing that I just want to sort of summarize all this up with is that the liars are very busy trying to, get the truth sayers to lie. Give us an example. Um, When you have to call a man, a woman. Thank you. I was hoping you were going to touch on that. And when we we all know it's a man, because if if it were a man who had always been a woman, then we really should have been going hallelujah. A female won the men's decathlon in the 1976 Olympics or whenever it was, Mm -hmm. but we didn't, we didn't all scream hallelujah, a female won the men's decathlon, because we know that no, he hasn't always been a woman, which is what they're trying to say. And so there's been a shift and it's fine to have that shift. If you want to dress a certain way, by all means, you have the freedom to do that, but don't make me say your lie.
0: So this is, let's pause for a moment. First of all, we've got lots of notes up here. People are just, they're loving it. And I got to just put things in context. We have a worldwide audience. At least 30%, by the way, most everybody that listens to us is under the age of 38. So it's really cool. So touching real people.
1: And the other thing is know. that we have a lot of people are under 38.
0: Yeah. Well, actually most of them are not because <laughs> they've been indoctrinated, which we'll talk about again when we get to education, because you're, I know you're strident when it comes to this. It's so important. We want to talk about this, but we have a great contingency in uh, India and in China and throughout Europe and Africa. And of course, even in the United States and Latin America and such. The reason I bring it up is because America is still seen as that beacon that beacon of light and if our light gets dimmed sam that dims the light for the world we are the light unto the nations we have taken up what scripture says go forth that you are a nation to be a light unto the nation um i'd like to just mention two things you you mentioned the uh, the word shift and it's a great word because unfortunately most people drop the F when they just to pronounce it and they because shift does happen. but you got to be really careful with your words. That's why Sam wrote the book. Now I want to also make possibly something a little twistier and we, we're going to reframe the book instead of words for warriors, which it is true. words of warriors and we'll call it
1: wow. Words of warriors. Lovely. Yes. Well, okay, so I love that. And I will tell you that this book was written, or it was titled uh, to sort of reflect the title, Rules for Radicals. Now, Rules for Radicals was a book that was written and dedicated to the devil. Yes. This book is dedicated to the word. Okay.
0: Okay. This is just coming up because I have to. I
1: love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, let's let's pull that apart for just a moment, right? Yes. In the, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Why? Why does the Bible say the word? Why doesn't it say the power? Mm-hmm. The being, the essence? The God. Why Mm -hmm. does it say the word? Well, think about this for a minute. When God created, he spoke. He literally spoke things into existence Mm -hmm. with his word, which he is. And so here, we maybe don't have God's power in, in as much as it is so powerful, but we have some power in our words. Our words have power.
0: That and that power. is
1: why right. the left that seeks to destroy wants to destroy our language because they understand the power that our language has. And if they can force us to lie, they are taking our power away.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's give a contemporary examples. I mean, this moment examples. And my heart breaks when I say these, by the way. I think Sam would agree. And everybody of a positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant outlook would agree that the shattering of the union called the United States of America in terms of trying to tear apart population is heart-wrenching and a defeat for the world because we are the light.
1: But well, just, okay, we're not there yet. No, no, no. <laughs> but they're <laughs> but trying.
0: With, but with the, yes, ah, but the forces of evil are trying. And by the way, that's what foe stands for: F O E, forces of evil. And the what t- and today, at this very moment, oh there is. You like it? Yeah, I just made it up,
1: by the way. I I love it. I oh, love please. words and yes. wordplay. So and it. I just love it.
0: So, what happened at the border? So we all know the border between United States of America and Mexico, and again, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. Let's, let's be just blunt. Uh, you define a nation not just by its borders, obviously by its ideals and how people live, but you need to have some geographic boundaries in order to say we are this. So what the left, the radical left has been accusing our former president of creating cages on the border for innocent children. That language, and Sam will acknowledge this and with tears in her eyes, that language was just changed in the past few days. They weren't, they don't call them cages anymore. They're called facilities. Yes. And the ability to do that with a straight face. Yes. And you've seen the photos. Yes. They're very
1: distinctly cages
0: and and and, and they, cuz they're exactly the same items that of were course. there 2 days ago of so course by calling peace war war peace this whole right. idea of process of 1984 and now with this bill called HR1 and again we don't want to get too deep in the weeds of the politics but HR1 they're really calling it the people's bill
1: of course well they and they called the health care bill um quality health affordable health care act bill. or something right. absurd <laughs> The oxymoron. (laughs) Right. So they they take our words and then they use them against us. And we, because because we live in truth, we think that they're speaking things that they mean, but they don't mean them. Nancy Pelosi calls herself a Catholic. The Catholic church does not support abortion. Nancy Pelosi absolutely supports abortion. So what part of her is Catholic? Just the part that had five kids or all (laughs) of her? And how can you call yourself one thing when you're not just that one thing? You know what I mean? Like, yes. And we have the same. I mean, look, okay. So not to get too far into politics, but here's the thing, Barry. Everything is politics. For us to say, oh, I don't want to get involved in politics. In fact, the other day, so my kids went to a youth group the other day. And the youth group leader is... Left-leaning, and we didn't know this, and so and my my son is uh, staunch <laughs> <laughs> in truth, and so he engaged him a little bit, but he said to me, "But, but mom, you know," he said to me because I because because he was asking him questions, and the guy didn't want to answer about politics. He I don't I don't get political, but he started his sermon with a quote from CNN. <laughs> Well, CNN is political. Can we admit that CNN is political? No, you see, and that's the lie. That it's like a sh- they're shapeshifters. They shapeshift around the language, mm-hmm. and so when they, you know, that they they won't call it a border crisis. They'll call it something else. But if they don't like it, if it's a bad thing, then they will call it a border crisis, and and it's throughout journalism now. It has so corrupted our journalists that we have very little integrity in journalism left. Um, And that's very sad because the the journalism is supposed to be the fourth estate. It's supposed to be the body that holds the other three accountable. Mm -hmm. And it of course is no longer doing that. In fact, it seeks to destroy uh, when, when it wants destruction and it seeks to preserve when it doesn't want destruction. And so now Biden falling three times trying to ascend a staircase. Well, oh, because it was windy,
0: yes. I remember which it was that day it was so I couldn't even open my umbrella. It was so windy.
1: Whereas you know <laughs> that if Trump, who they didn't like, had as so much as slipped on a banana, like it had done a reasonable something. Right. That would have been just that they, they just would have tried to end him with it. It's very sad to me um that that somehow this is deemed acceptable and it's time to fight back.
0: Well, we are fighting back. Well, Again, everybody, this is called The Joy of Living. Your humble host, Barry Shore, and our wonderful, amazing guest, Sam Sorbo. Everything you want to know about her. And there is lots to know. It's not just this book. As again, she's wife, she's author, she's actress, she's a mom. You can just go www.barryshore.com and there'll be links to all the stuff that she does, because you need to know, because what you want to do is you want to live in truth. And truth stands for total reliance upon the hidden. See, it's not total reliance upon the head, because then it'll be all just rational. It's not total reliance upon the heart, because then you'd be a leftist. It's total reliance upon the hidden. The good Lord is there, but he, she is hidden in such a way to say, Come and find me. And how do you find me? Because what you said, wonderful Sam, living in truth, using joy as a mechanism. Joy stands for generating ongoing youth. But you have to know what youth is. Youth stand for wisely orienting, understanding towards helping. And what you're doing is you're helping educate people. There is no greater calling in life than educating people. Now let's talk about your children for the moment, because I think it's just indicative of everything that's been happening in your world and therefore the world is rippling out from you and to other aware people that the school systems that we thought were capable of educating we're now re- we recognized some of us for a number of years already but people beginning to wake up that they are more indoctrinating than educating and the danger of that is that when you use children as your missile, you will cause explosions that will cause remarkable pain. So what happened when you found out, what did you and your husband do? So uh,
1: so my son, my oldest son went to first and second grade in the public school system that we moved to for him to have a good school. And by second grade I was having questions about the way they were getting things done and I didn't think that they were properly accomplishing education and there are a couple stories about that um, which are in my other book which is called they're your kids and, great, and by the way, way great people book, can also,
0: great book everybody get it great but but you'll find it. <laughs> people can
1: go to samsorbocom right. and uh, if they want it autographed I'll autograph it for them but um in any case um, so I just decided that I, I needed to try home education. And I went to Kevin and I said, I think, I think I'm going to try homeschooling. And he was like, why? And I said to him, I think that if I fail, I will still do better than the school. And I was talking with a couple today because I coach as well. Um, and I said, they, they were like, but, you know, they still all these questions, right? And I said, here's the thing. If you don't do anything and don't teach him a thing, he will probably be better off than if he went to public school. And by public school, we mean government school.
0: Yes. By the way, this because, is like an important point. Government school.
1: Right. So, so to, to just sort of drill it down for you, if you believe in God – and you send your child to a government institution, you have to understand that that governmental institution will teach them to believe in government, not God. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. So a, a Lutheran sends their child to a Lutheran school to learn to be Lutheran and also get an education.
0: Correct.
1: A Catholic sends their child to a Catholic school. So if you're a governmentalist... (laughs) <laughs> right? And you then, then send your child to a government school. Now, here's the further problem. The Lutheran school, the Catholic school, and all the other schools have based their system on the government schools. And the government schools have become perverted because we've had the long march through our institutions of Marxism, mm-hmm. And so now we have common core. And common core was adopted without testing. They have no idea if it works or not and they implemented it anyway. Do you think that that indicates that they believe that it, that that they believe in educating children at all? No. Instituting something that they never tried and have no proof that it works and by the way it doesn't work and that's all coming out in the testing now in the results. But this is the same institution that gave us whole word reading. Whole word reading is what basically enabled Dr. Seuss to become a multi, multi-platinum bestseller or whatever. Um, and whole word reading was actually, in effect, limiting the child to, uh, I think. words. It, what's that? <laughs> yeah, three, four-letter words. 200. Well, to, to a very few, to a very small vocabulary, mm-hmm. basically limiting their ability to read. So they're teaching the child to read and limiting the child's ability to read at the same time. I mean, guys, we gotta we gotta wrap our heads around this. So I want, to, I want to interrupt is, for a
0: moment. I want to interrupt and let's call this what it is. You ready? Slavery. Well, yeah. So this is the same process. And again, we're <laughs> people. They, I like getting attacked, by the way, by my listeners and saying, come on, you're being a little too radical, but I'm happy to do it with you. Uh, if people do read history and recall that when, especially black people were enslaved in the South and the United States of America and it was legal, one of the things that was instituted by slave owners and throughout the, the Southern states is that you were not allowed to teach slaves to read and write. That was against the law, because people understood that once you were educated, you would begin to question. You begin to question, you need answers. You can't. Right. The human spirit cannot live. You see, the good Lord made us in such a way that we are animal in an extent, but we are animals with a soul. We must, we must seek
1: the well, truth. Well, OK, I, I love that, because what you have to understand is that words are spirit. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's something called I think they I think it's called the Einstein gap. If I if I if I'm not misstating it, we'll find so out. It's the difference between the word dog and the actual dog. And so the idea dog is spirit; it's purely spirit. Mm-hmm. Then we put a word on it, which somehow captures the power of the idea. Mm-hmm. So. If you're limiting the child's ability to read, you're limiting their thinking, you're limiting their ideas, you're limiting their abilities. It's complete and that is the system that has now delivered for us at great expense mm-hmm. common core. Why didn't they test it? Because they knew it wouldn't work.
0: It was designed to limit. I'm sorry to say it, boom. That's designed right. To limit.
1: And if you want more information, uh, honestly, I wrote basically a whole book about this. Well, the, the whole book is about home education, but there's a few chapters in the book that are devoted to Common Core and and sort of debunking it and te- taking it apart. They did it to math, which this is where I get emotional because I love math. Mm-hmm. I'm a math person. I just, it speaks to me. Math is the language of logic. Yes. Which is the language of thought, Right. And so by, by making math basically unattainable, they made math much more difficult and they did what I call, they turned it into magic math so that it doesn't really make sense. It's just all of these rules that sort of work. And if you can apply them properly, you can get to the right answer, but they're very complicated. And because they don't really make sense, they're difficult to apply Mm -hmm. and then you can't get the right answer. And then you're getting the wrong answer and you go, oh, I just don't get math. I just can't do it.
0: Uh, By the way, uh, uh, this is, we may have to have several different sessions, Sam. This is so critical. I want to just talk about two things in the same parallel. Number one is critical race theory because it brings it in there. Because math now has (laughs) a racist (laughs)
1: aspect to it. I mean, mean, you can't make this stuff up. Right. This is a bad (sighs) thing. Are you kidding me? And yet, how racist is this? Don't teach black people math because they can't understand your math, your white person math. <laughs> That's how stupid they say black and brown people are. Who's the racist? I'm sorry. And and by the way, that slays me. It makes me so angry. Yeah. They are so angry. They are so, there's a word in German called Frechheit. It's, it is such a fresh, not fresh. It's just, it's a Frechheit. It's so nasty what they're doing Mm -hmm. to black and brown people Mm -hmm. because they are the racists.
0: There's no question. Here's what we're going to do though, because we have sponsors. I'm not going to play all the sponsorships right now because I am enjoying this so much that I'm just going to, I'm going to pay the the sponsor and say, well, I'm going to do one, but, Bear with me. Don't go away. And we're going to play one quick spot. You ready? Yep. Ah, Here we go. Hello, everybody. As you may know, I'm 72 and recovering from being a quadriplegic at age 55. Oh, my. Now, to stay active, I swim two miles per day, six times per week. So you can imagine, I know a thing or two about aches and pains. And until recently, I thought my aches and pains were a fact of life I had to deal with every day. Just part of the process of getting older and staying active. And then I tried 100% drug-free Relief Factor. Now, I've been taking their convenient packs three times a day. And i got to tell you, everybody, I am feeling noticeably better. Relief Factor is giving me more oomph. Unless, oh, the secret is its four key ingredients. Each one supports a different metabolic pathway that your body uses to respond to the inflammation that is the cause of many hip, back, shoulder, and knee pains. If you have everyday aches and pains too, remember Relief Factor is 100% drug-free and designed to be taken every day so you can get out and stay out of pain. Now, to make it as easy as possible for you to try Relief Factor, they created the three-week quick start discounted program for $19.95. That's it, $19.95. So do what I did. Go to relieffactor.com slash joy and order a three-week quick start for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Again, claim your three-week quick start for only $19.95 go to relieffactor.com slash joy you'll thank me you'll be glad you did best wishes bye now good day beautiful bountiful beloved immortal beings and good looking people remember you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good and we have good in abundance our cup runneth over with and a two-legged being named Sam Aslorbo. And we were just talking about, we're talking about stuff that really matters. We're talking about joy. We're talking about truth, talking about light. We're talking about kids, our kids, the future of the world and how they're being indoctrinated in governmental schools and the poison that's actually being fed to them. And we wonder as parents, why nobody would... Purposely give poison to their children, and yet we seem to be doing that. Sam, is that not right? I mean, what's going on here?
1: Well, we've been indoctrinated. We we've we've learned that school is where learning takes place. That's not true. That's a lie, unfortunately. But we've all bought into it because that's where we went to school, and so we were taught. You know, that's where we went to to learn, and so we were taught that. So I have parents saying to me, I could never homeschool my children because I don't know how. And, I'm, and I say, oh, did you graduate college, uh, high school? And they're like, yeah, I graduated high school. And I said, but you feel inadequate to teaching a third grader? That says more about you than it does about the, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, that was very and good. Yet, <laughs> and yet you feel inadequate. You think you can't, but you're going to send your third grader into the system that turned out the likes of you. Like, think about it. Why do you feel incapable? And the reason is because you've been taught that you're incapable. But the truth is evidentiary, evidently
0: <laughs>
1: uh, abundantly evident that you are not incapable of learning or of teaching anything mm-hmm. because I, I would g- look, Barry, did you know how to recover from being a plera- paraplegic before you became a quadriplegic? Sorry. Nope. No, but you learned how. Did you did you know how to lease a car before you leased your first car? No, but you learned how. So you can learn anything that you want to learn, you just have to decide to learn it. And the and the other thing is when you become the what I call the lead learner for your child, you're showing them A not to be afraid of learning, B learning happens anywhere and everywhere, and C that that they can learn anything that they want because you're showing them how to learn while you're learning. So all you need to do is have a desire to learn. And, and wonderful, Sam, you're spending time,
0: the most valuable asset we all have, you're investing your time with your child or children. Right. How much better than sending them away for eight hours to people you don't know anymore because they don't live in it's not a community setting like it used to be, but that's gone by the way for half a century. I mean, I can say this. I'm 72. But that's
1: but, how they that's how they did it, right? Yes. First they were they they removed the kids and the one room schoolhouse, that was a different setting. That was basically homeschooling in a group. Right. That was like cooperative homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they, they they slowly morphed it and morphed it and morphed it. And so now it's these teachers that have been raised in the system have gone to the Marxist indoctrination, uh, higher education institutions have been taught how to basically teach within this construct. And now you don't even know who the teachers are. And so, I mean, I remember when I dropped my kid off for first grade, um, the day before first grade started, the, the, the principal put up on the board where the children were all assigned, what classroom. And the reason they did it the day before is because they didn't want any flack from parents. So the office was still closed and you were assigned and that was it. And I dropped my child off with a complete stranger trusting the system because I went through the system. But folks, it's not the same system. It's different now. And frankly, I didn't do well in the system I remember I almost flunked first grade because my teacher scared the it scared the dickens out of me. Wait a minute! And, uh, I, I
0: love that idea of flunking first grade. How yeah, yeah. You? And they
1: they came to my mother and they said we're going to have to hold her back a year. And my mother's like in first grade.
0: Right.
1: They, the thing is, parents have throughout the years parents have sued the schools for not for not being able to, for not teaching their children to read. And the parents have sued and they've lost every single case. You know why? Not the responsibility of the schools to teach the children to read. Say what? I thought I was delegating responsibility. You're not. You're just off, offloading your child for eight hours a day and hoping for the best because there's no proof that they will get it done. And it depends on what kind of child you have. I have, um, my youngest is an extreme introvert. She would have died in the school. She would have, it would have killed her to be in a classroom all day with 30 kids. It just would have, she would have wilted and instead she's thriving. Uh, it's been amazing. I'm sorry. My dog is. No, no, I'm glad that you're upset about that. what I'm saying.
0: No, by <laughs> way, so I'm going to do three things all at once. First of all, it's fun to think that you have a daughter who's extreme introvert. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a seesaw. Here's Sam, and what's your daughter's name? Octavia. Octavia. So, you know, (laughs) because she will bloom and blossom. Not that she has to become an extrovert, but she will work through that process to become more her. And then she'll be Octavia. She yeah. won't be Octavia the introvert, she'll be Octavia. But the fact that you have a dog is wonderful because if you have anybody who's dyslexic in the house now, you know the dog and God, the same thing. Okay, so that's, that's another way. You talk about <laughs> the word and the, uh, and the idea of stuff like that. But the, the point I, I just want to make mention, there's a, a burgeoning movement in the country that I am part of. It's called COOPs. K-O-O-P-S, keep our, Wait, a minute, what is it? Uh, oh, kids out of public school. Kids yes. out of public school. Take so you kids should, out of
1: school. You should get in touch with publicschoolexit.com or Ooh. .org, I think it is, <sighs> okay. uh, because I'm part of public school exit. And the idea is get those kids out of the public they're not public schools they're government schools i know we call them public schools but and the other thing is so uh, i take an even sort of broader view of this we are not engaged in education right our education system the bureaucracy that we think is engaged in educating is not and so then you have to think well then what do i know about education because all i know about education i got from government schools. Mm -hmm. So now I have to rethink the way that I think about education and we should, and we need to do this quickly because your child's going to have six careers before they're 25. Everything is changing so quickly, right? So if you, if you approach education as um, just the idea that your child can learn whatever he wants to learn it, the, the, the idea of education is learning something well enough to teach it. Mm-hmm. So there's your proof that you weren't educated if you think that you can't teach your child math right um, and and by the way, there are a couple caveats, but just allow me to sort of mm-hmm. broad picture this. but the other the other part of an education is really an education is about learning how to learn. Yes, is not what we're engaged in in schools. And so if that's, if that becomes your goal instead of Harvard Medical School or Princeton Law School or goodness knows what, if your goal is to raise a child who knows how to learn, then you've got a child who is equipped to handle anything that comes at them.
0: And remember what we said before about fun, F-U, capital N, capital N, it's the ability to have fun in learning and become
1: a lifelong learner. Well, think about this. Who, who has fun learning? Who remembers school as being fun, actually, learning fun things? Typically, our schools, they bore us to death. Oh, They're actually engaged in making learning not fun because mm-hmm. they don't want us to learn anything more. And by the way, I just have to offer this caveat. I don't go after teachers. I think teachers are really trying to do the very best Mm -hmm. in a perverted system, a a Mm -hmm. corrupted system, if you will. Um, And so I, God bless teachers. And if you're a teacher and you're frustrated with your role now is in school, hang out your shingle and go and home educate some other people's kids. Like just, you know, do, do a, do your own personal co-op and stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, We have to understand we are born curious. Children are extraordinarily curious. That's why they're always asking questions. Why do they stop asking questions? Because they're taught to not ask questions. Why are we in this big COVID mess? Because nobody asked the questions that Mm -hmm. needed to be asked from the beginning. For instance, how long of a shutdown? And now we're just at the whim of these bureaucrats who just. Decide willy nilly. Oh, we used to say six feet was safe social distancing, but now for schools, we're going to lower it to three. Why? Nah, just to make it easier for kids. What? <laughs> I thought this was about safety. Oh, apparently it's not. It's just it's about not. control. Yes. And so here's the problem. What do you need to do before you ask a question, Barry? Think. No. What do you have to do? Oh, really old, in school. <laughs> You have to rate. You have to ask permission to ask a question. Uh, uh, sh- uh, raise your hand. Ask permission to ask a question. These are the people who are telling us. Make sure you cover your nose with your mask. Two masks is better than one. Well, I need proof to see that one mask is effective because if you read the box, the box says it's not.
0: Oh wait a minute, you're. Come on, Sam. You know you can't do that. You're actually reading the instructions and you're thinking. We Come on. I'm hopeless. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. Hopeless. Now, hope, by the way, is a great word. Hope stands for helping others progress every day. And if this is not a section that you want to share with as many people as you can, talk about hope helping others progress every day. Is that what Sam Sorbo is about? You bet she is. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, my whole mission is to empower parents to educate their children themselves. And I'm I'm working at rebranding home education so it doesn't seem so daunting because it's really not, this is going to sound really radical. It's not so much about education because the idea of education is teaching the child to teach himself. Mm-hmm. Really, home education is about the relationship. It's the relationship that you have with your children. And I am saddened by how easily parents will sacrifice that relationship on the altar of, you know, convenience or, you know, the the children's future. Um, And it's sad because they don't understand what they're sacrificing.
0: So this is really... Okay, I'm gonna ask you, you, don't, you I don't wanna give you an answer right away, you're gonna come back for another session? Sure. Good, okay, so we've got that done because can you imagine this time has gone by so fast? <laughs> we, we have to sort of uh, wrap yes. it up and such like that. Okay. So before we do, we're gonna do three things. Uh, I'm gonna ask you, you only have 90 seconds to answer. Sam Sorbo, what is your most fervent desire?
1: I have so many.
0: I got to choose one. You only got 76 seconds.
1: Okay. My my most fervent desire is for that 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 book <laughs> to be in the hands of as many people as possible so that they can understand that following the truth is really the way forward and that they won't get lost in the web of lies that the left is spinning. Um, Goethe said that the truth is a very narrow path and stupidity is a never-ending jungle. And it is a jungle out there, folks.
0: But we have a guide. When you have a guide, you can get through the jungle and you can open up to great vistas of light and sun and hope and joy and pleasure of life. So, wonderful Sam Sorbo, in front of 361,000-plus people around the world, I'm going to embrace you in a hug. First, I'm going to tell you what hug stands for. You ready? Yes. Hug stands for Harmonizing Unlimited Giving. Ooh. Harmonizing like Unlimited that. Giving. Here we go. One, two, three. Bra- <laughs> <laughs> listening to and tuned in consciously and conscientiously to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore. Remember, go to www.barryshore.com. you find all the information about Sam and the books and what she's doing. It's just fabulous. And remember, The three fundamentals of life, life, your life has purpose, you lead a purpose-driven life, you can go mad, mad means go make a difference, and the third fundamental, unlock the secret and the power of everyday words and terms, www, what a wonderful world, smile, seeing miracles in life every day, or as my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life, create the kind of world we all want to live in, causing rethinking what Sam said, rethinking, enabling all to excel. Use four letter words. Live life, hope, grow, free, gift, love, play, pray. And you tell the world F you, F U, capital N, capital N, smile on your face, a twinkle in your eye, and tell the world F you. Would you get that? Barry Shaw said so. And be a nut. A nut stands for never underestimate thanking or never underestimate thinking. That's what Sam said. And our blessing to everybody is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go make a difference. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Joy of Living.